G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funder here, and as you heard off the top, it is a very special weekend, as it is one where the little stingers aren't really sure, but one thing is for sure, I am joined by the biggest little stinger that I know. Brody is Alex, how you doing, mate? I'm good! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Oh, man. Um... Uh, I can't. I can't believe that I'm, you know, hitting 35 this year. Been watching Sting all my life, and now he's finally retiring. <laughs> Is it weird that, like, of that, like, mid to late 90s class, it's Sting and Christian Cage, and I guess Adam Copeland and Chris Jericho are sort of the few who are still really active on a major promotion. I, I think you're doing an injustice to Sting to sort of categorize him as a mid to late '90s guy because that dude late was a re- that that dude was wrestling before we were alive. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I suppose. What is his last contemporary Muta, basically? Muta, I guess. Like Taker, Taker. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a discussion we can have later on. <laughs> oh, I, I'm looking forward to all the sting discussions that we're going to have because there's a lot of hypotheticals about his career that if things went a different way, like the entire wrestling landscape would look completely different. Oh, boy, wouldn't it just? Um, so as I bring up the, uh, the screen share here, I suppose a, a little bit of sad news also to touch on, touch on the Chamber, because I didn't get a chance to ch- chat with you going into Chamber, because, uh, as you've said privately, <laughs> life's been hectic. Uh, yeah. Uh, was the last time I was on a podcast the the Wazzies where I sort of said that I was having a kid? Uh, and then we did Rumble? Okay, yeah, cool. 
So, yeah, uh, that whole having a kid thing, turns out that takes a lot of time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Believe it or not, humans, turns out that's a pretty full-on thing. Um, So, yeah, so I apologise. Like, I think that's... It's kind of going to be the case for most of the year. I'm going to be in and out, um, which is how the kid came along. <laughs> but um, I'm definitely cutting that out. Nah, nah, come on now. Um, okay, well, and uh, Alex will be on the couch for the next nah, year. I've heard her say a lot worse lately than that. I've, she's Anyhow. just... She's just as vulgar as me. That's why we love each other and created human life. Um, Before you get yourself any more in the doghouse. Oh, mate. Well, we got three dogs, so... (laughs) Um, You end up keeping that rescue dog. Oh, long story. So, I don't care if this is on the podcast. Fine, whatevs. Just, uh, yeah, don't tell the landlords. Um... (laughs) No, not the... Yeah, anyway. Um, so, Eli- uh, uh, the missus and I have had struggles getting pregnant for about five years. So that's why this whole thing's fucking awesome, man. But there was a point there where it almost happened, but then it didn't end up happening. We were sheltering this poor little fur baby... The fur baby sort of uh, we had a we had a new owner lined up for it, and then the new owner sort of just ghosted us. So at that point, emotions were running high. We were disappointed we weren't pregnant, so we decided to keep the dog. And then two months later, we're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, well, we we got three little fur babies now. Um, wow. Kind of a joint custody with a neighbour down the road, but mainly it's living with us because <laughs> she she loves hanging out with with our little boys. So um, so yeah, uh, she is almost five five next week, and you would think like when we first got her, she was timid, scared. Everyone would barely move. Nowadays, you would think she's a puppy. It's unreal. It's just, um, it's just amazing what a good home and some good food and some good loving, a good loving household will do for these things. So, so, so public service announcement: if anyone out there is going to get a new pet, rescue some, rescue a pet. Yeah, yeah, but wow. Uh, wrestling? Okay, uh, so, uh, the, what is it, OPW event in Ballarat is taking place, I guess, this month as we're talking, uh, March. March oh, man, April. it's, it's fucking March already. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Insane, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Um, yeah, man, we're, we're a quarter of the, we're almost a quarter of the way through the year. Um... Yeah, so this OPW thing, this seems interesting. Yeah, TNA is returning to Australia. It got announced earlier this morning, uh, April 11th to 14th. Yep, I saw um, JXT pleading 
to the TNA management to let him quote unquote cross the line. So let let it happen. Um, Great matchup in in a TNA for your boy JXT. Well, I I don't know if Cardona isn't TNA anymore, is he? He's he's GCW basically. Yeah. So so give JXT Brian Myers, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. Um, but in terms of actually good matches, I think like JXT versus like an Ace Austin would be insane. Um, yes. Yeah, Mike like Bailey. Mike Bailey. I'm just thinking of a heel face dynamic. You're not going to bring JXT in as a heel, so uh, you could. In, in Australia? They nah. did Rhea and she just basically played face at the event. Nah, nah, she wasn't a heel, man. She was face <laughs> She was face for a month. They booked her against a heel. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, somehow they made Grayson a baby face for that one weekend. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, oh, I'm very excited to talk about that. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I am not going to be able to attend this event. And yeah, I don't oh, think I'll be. The Great Carly. What? Okay, we're, I'm booking Qantas flights right now. The Great Carly is going to be at Starcast Ballarat. What the fuck? Also, Alicia Hawks. I did see you. Uh, I think you retweeted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, oh, come on, you gotta go, Chris. Easy E. Easy E. Come on now. Um, I want to go just to meet Bret Hart, but I'm just like, uh, nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. So that's coming up soon. EPW and Perth apparently got a pretty good crowd for their Australian showcase. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, online discussion about that. I've uh, reached out to a few people and maybe we'll uh, have some interviews on the podcast soon. But uh, that's more awesome. on that later. Yeah. Uh, uh, I suppose a sad note is coming out this week. The passing of Ollie Anderson and Virgil. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Anderson. Yeah. Uh... One of the most polarizing, absolutely polarizing figures from that the time period that he was around. Um, but the one thing you can't deny is, if it wasn't for him, we don't get the Horseman, we don't get Dusty, we don't get what eventually becomes of modern wrestling with heel factions and all that sort of stuff. So. So he really is a pioneer. He was a he was booker for WCW for many years for many different stints. Um, infamously was the voice that of the Shockmaster. I thought you were going to say the Black Scorpion. He was that too, and he was also the voice of the Shockmaster, and he was the voice of the Black Scorpion. Sting. Um, there was a clip going around today for New Dark Side of the Ring, just quickly, where King Haku sees the Shockmaster's debut for the first time. Oh, man. Have oh. you seen his reaction? 
No. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, where are we? So, what the fuck? Facebook, Botchamania. Because I seen as I was having breakfast, uh, Matthew had put on Botchamania already. Oh, that's unreal. Has the new Dark Side of the Ring started, or the? It I hasn't... think it's confirmed, and that was like one of the first bits oh, of the like, like little clips, yeah. Okay, here we are. I'm going to send it through to you right now. You can either watch it on the air or watch it later. No, I'm going to watch it on the air. Fuck it, okay. right? There we go. Oh, if you got to watch it on the air, I might as well play it on me um, bloody screen. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. There you go. All right, let me pull this up. Remember the Shockmaster? I want to show you the clip. Oh. Oh, buffering. Why are you yeah. buffering? Yeah. Got a lot of Australian internet. Okay. No kidding. He is none other than the himself laughing. <laughs> he was he was looking for the for the gimmick swimming <laughs> looking for the gimmick. <laughs> oh this is amazing. <laughs> Friend, I still love you. <laughs> I never seen that shit before. <laughs> He's having the time of his life, isn't he? How familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender are you? Not very. I know it's very big in the anime community. Oh, okay, there's a character called Uncle Iroh. And he's just... Yeah, I've seen <laughs> bits of him. He's like an old warrior... But, like, he used to be such a badass back in the day, but now he's just this old sort of lovable giant, sort of like a big cuddly teddy bear, but he could rip your head off if he wanted to. Modern-day Haku gives me serious Uncle Iroh vibes. Like, he even laughs like him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so... Uncle Iroh and Haku, there we go. But that is amazing. That, that is an incredible clip. I've already sent it through to one of my group chats I'm in. Uh, that that um, is amazing. So, yes, uh, we were talking Ollie Anderson, who passes away. Yeah. Uh, um, him, WCW, him and, Jim Crockett promotion booking. Yeah, him and Gene Anderson, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew back in the day, and then eventually Gene retired, and then they bring in Arn Anderson as yep. the quote-unquote uh, cousin, I think he was. Yeah, he was the cousin, and 
And then they also had another cousin that storyline-wise... Oh, this is something that gets forgotten over time. Storyline-wise, Ric Flair was a cousin of the Andersons. Really? Is that how the Horsemen came about, the two Andersons and Flair? So before the Horsemen came about, the Andersons and Ric Flair were aligned. Like... Like, the Andersons would, like, occasionally help out Flair. But then the Horsemen come along and everything changes. But that was the reason why Flair and the Andersons had the connection to begin with, because they were kayfabe cousins. Oh, okay. Hmm. So him and uh, Ollie and Arn aren't truly related, are they? No, but they looked at Arn and just said, my God, you're an Anderson. Which is true. Like you look at him, you look at Oli. You you're yeah, almost back in more the 80s. you're almost more shocked that he's not related. Cause yeah. they they look so similar. They do. They truly hmm. do. Uh and I guess Virgil as well, just briefly touching on him. I mean, towards the end he definitely became a meme. But Man, just one of the true, like, larger-than-life sort of personalities outside of the ring and sort of in that sort of Iron Sheik sort of realm. Um, absolutely devastating that he's passed. Um, yeah, I mean, the, go back and watch the segment where Virgil turns on the million dollar man and becomes a baby face. Holy shit. Like you don't get crowd reactions like that anymore. Yeah. So Virgil, what is a, is meant to be a rib at Dusty because Dusty was the booker of WCW or involved in WCW at the time. Yep. And, and then that, he goes, go on. Yeah, and then he jumps ship to WCW in the 90s, and his name then becomes Vincent as a rib on Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just like how they brought over the Harris brothers at one point, and they were Pat, uh, Patrick and Gerald, and they were called Creative Control for a minute. Thanks, Russo. So they had Vincent, uh, Patrick, and Gerald as a rib on Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. What we need is sports entertainment extreme. I mean, we all could do with a bit of that from time to time, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Virgil appearing out of nowhere in Joe Janela's spring break as Starman. Oh, amazing. amazing. I mean, and of course, the numerous fan stories about him wanting a tenor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, he's going to be most well-known for his uh, turning or leaving Million Dollar Man, but yeah, he, he's sort of one of those characters where the internet just took on a life of its own for him after wrestling. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah R.I.P. Virgil, R.I.P. Ollie. 
I've sort of broken my own rule here because normally at the start of the show, you only hear music in that if somebody's passed away. But this is not the case this week. Um, I, don't know, I might spicy, spicy something in for those two gents. But uh, Elimination Chamber Perth, uh, were you watching live? And did you have a viewing party for this? Boy, oh boy, do I have a fucking story to tell you about my weekend last weekend. So you ain't got chicken? <laughs> no. As was the style at the time. <laughs> as was the style at the time. Um, no, so was it as simple as, was I watching it live? No. Was I listening to it live? Yes. <laughs> so, on Friday night, the missus says, holy shit, my dad's down from Queensland and he's in Melbourne for two days. Let's go to Melbourne tomorrow. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, let's do it. She's like, oh, let's just go to Melbourne and back in a day. Ah, oh, shit. I had a bowling tournament on Sunday. I, I knew this was going to wreck me. And so we went down, spent the day in Melbourne, hung out with her dad and all that. It was his first time seeing her while she's been pregnant. So, And now she's got the bump going and everything. So, yeah, it, it was... Very, very good for her to see him, but nice family time. time. And we start walking around the city and then all of a sudden we can smell this delicious food and we can see this streets blocked off Lonsdale street in Melbourne. There's this Greek festival going on, (laughs) whether it's just like a cultural festival or a food festival looks like a food festival to me, but there was all sorts of culture and stuff going on too, like dancing and all that. Um, and then we see on this stage, we hear a voice on the stage and we look over and it's fucking Albo. <coughs> Our fucking prime minister's just there. So <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, oh, okay. I've just sort of stumbled into the prime minister. That explains why there was like hundreds of police officers around. But Did yeah. you photo with him? No, no, I didn't get close enough, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could say Uh, I've got so many cops. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have um, gone out of my way for a photo op anyway. But, uh, but so we leave the city at about seven thirty. Mind you, we're leaving the city at seven thirty. The same day as a pink concert, we're we're parked in in Chinatown, so that took a bit of effort to get out of the city. And then I'll go, holy shit, the pay-per-view's on. (laughs) So I I was driving. I was driving the whole way home. I was like, Eliza, can you just put binge on on my phone? We'll put it through the Bluetooth on the car, and I'll just listen to the (laughs) pay-per-view. So I listened to it from the whole way home from Melbourne. By the time by the time we got to Wodonga, by the time we pulled up at home, we had to pick up the dogs on the way home too. So by the time we pulled up at home, uh, Rhea was coming out for the main event, so I got to at least sit down and actually watch the main event. <laughs> but, yeah. 
most of the pay-per-view, I was just listening to it while driving. Did you go back and watch any of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I went back and watched most of it. But, yeah, live, I was just a listener. And, honestly, full credit to Graves and Cole because I, I could... I had a good grasp on what was going on just from the commentary. Just yeah. from listening. They were very good at that. When was it that they tried WWF radio? Like 96, 97? Oh, I think so, yeah. So this worked out well for you as a radio experience? It wasn't bad, yeah. Did you get any uh, drop signals, like, in a near fall? One, two. <laughs> oh, there was a few of those, yeah. Like, the the um, the service on the Hume Freeway isn't exactly up to scratch through certain parts, so we did drop out a couple of times. And it's annoying because, like, I sort of started the pay-per-view, like... Uh, 15 minutes behind yep. and then every time the ser- service dropped out and then it kicked back in it would just automatically jump to live oh no so it was like la 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 fingers in here la 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 <laughs> so scroll back 15 minutes please <laughs> okay uh, so did you watch any of the press conference the day before I did. I did. That that was sick. Actually, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Grayson. Grayson was great throughout the whole thing. Uh, what else was there of note? Tiffany Stratton is fucking over in Perth. <laughs> Dude, she she is over. It's unreal. I don't know why, but she is. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Rhea coming out, like Nye coming out at the um, beginning, I said this on last week's podcast, Nye coming out and said you might not know this, but I was burnt born in Australia in Sydney the crowd yep. sort of half cheers, half booze and she's like, and my parents did the right thing, taking me and raising me in the United States of America and everyone boos, <laughs> and then Rhea comes out and goes, hey Nye you're, you're right, we don't claim you and everyone yeah. cheers yeah uh, what what was the thing that Naya did and she tweeted like that she was Australian and it pissed everyone off? So this goes back to Super Showdown. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy wins the Cruiserweight title against Cedric Alexander. Good match. Could have gone a bit longer. Could have shaved some time off of Triple H Undertaker. Mm. And uh, I forget whoever it was on commentary, but they say something to the effect of... Uh, Buddy is the first Australian wrestler to win a championship on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And they put that out in a tweet. And then within five minutes, Nia Jax is there going, no, actually, I'm the first Australian. Mm, that's right. And that pissed everyone off. Because Nia hasn't really claimed any of her Australianness up until like the month in the build-up to this event. Yeah, yeah, and that was, like, the first time she even referenced it. In character, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, she's done one of those, um, my kid is a WWE wrestler on the network with her mum, mm-hmm. and she talks about it on there, and I've watched that. Yep. 
but it's just like, mate, time and place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let the dude have his moment. Let the moment breathe. Yeah. Uh, so pre-show, well, I just briefly touch on this because Alex wants to get to the main event here of a sting. But <laughs> pre-show saw Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kari saying, uh, the defending women's tag team champs taking on the team of Candice LeRae and Australia's own Indy Hartwell. And uh, yeah. Indy got a pretty good reception coming in, pre-show match, people still falling into the arena. Yeah. And Indy got a really good showing and did not take the pinfall. Candice here took the pinfall and Kabuki Warriors retain. I hadn't watched SmackDown. I was like, I'm going to sleep in. Watch the yep. press conference, and then watch the uh, pay per view. Yep, that's fair. So uh, on SmackDown, apparently Kabuki Warriors took out Dakota again. Right. So okay, I, thinking... I didn't. I didn't watch SmackDown because <laughs> yeah, like I said, I was in Melbourne on the so... road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking, oh, maybe Dakota will come out and get involved in Kabuki Warriors, and that'll set up for tag match of Dakota and Friend against Kabuki Warriors at Mania, but no. No. Uh, really good match. Kabuki Warriors leave the ring and closing shot of sort of, uh, from the arena of the pre-show is Candice and Indy getting a standing ovation in the ring. Yeah. Uh, as, as they should. Nothing really else of note on the pre-show. Just a bunch of tourism shots and Sam Roberts and uh, other guy, Rosenberger, there just saying their picks, and that was about it. Yeah. It was just something to have on in the background as the countdown as you're having your dinner waiting for the show to begin. Yeah. All right. Uh, show begins. First match of the night is the Women's Elimination Chamber. So uh, out comes Liv. So in the pods is Bianca Belair, Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Strand, who gets a huge ovation, and then starting off is Naomi and Becky Lynch. Uh, they go a while, then the first pod opens, Tiffany Strand comes in, she eliminates Naomi. Naomi just sort of slaps the mat, seems pissed about this. Tiffany Strand does like a big crossbody onto the three women on the outside. Mm -hmm. Goes for her. Um, Prettiest moonsault ever. Liv blocks it and Liv pins Tiffany Stratton. Yep. Raquel uh, is eliminated next by Bianca Belair. Then Bianca Belair is eliminated by Liv. I like this. Liv sort of just gets up and doesn't see Becky standing behind her. Becky just gets her move, pinfall, and out. And yep. six seconds later, after eliminating. Bianca, Liv is eliminated by Becky, so Becky is your winner going to WrestleMania. I mean, this was a really, really good match. This was like the spot fest of the show. Um, yeah. I'm just not that interested in Rhea versus Becky. Well, um, Rhea said in the post show, talking to one of the media, it wasn't in the actual press conference bit, she said, me and Becky have had one match before. Oh, she said it to the WWE cameras as she's backstage in a dot-com thing. Uh, me yeah. and uh, Becky have had one match before in NXT. 
and that went to disqualification because Shayna Baszler got involved. Mm-hmm. So this will be like their second one-on-one meeting. So I guess there's something fresh there, but, but it like, doesn't ha- feel. How how has this match never really happened, and it still doesn't feel fresh to me? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I feel like it's happened a million times, even though it hasn't happened. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. It, I get what you're saying, and I do understand how you feel, and I feel that way too, and I just can't explain it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like it would have happened a million times, and it feels like I've seen it to death, but it, I haven't? Okay. But I don't know. I think the era of, like, Becky Lynch in main events in women's title matches and Mania has kind of gone by. Like, how have we not do how have we not done Bianca versus Rhea on the main roster yet? Why we keep holding off on that? WrestleMania 40 is the time to do that. Yeah, it would be, you would think. Yeah. Uh so the third match on the card, only the one match on the pre-show, the rest of it on the main event itself. These Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest defending their undisputed tag team championships against the new catch republic of Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Dominic comes out, gets booed out of the stadium. There's one point where he's ringside and the camera cuts out. And this was because uh, all the Aussies front row were giving Dom the middle finger, so WWE just felt it better to cut the visual feed for a moment. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, what do you think of the new name for uh, Baden Dunn? Uh, there's always been a rule. Anytime anything is the new whatever in wrestling, it never really gets over. Like the new Rockers, the new Blackjacks. I wonder if it'll work with this because it isn't like there's an old tag team called the Catch Republic. But the new Catch Republic is kind of... Kind of a mouthful, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I was thinking yeah. about that too. Like every time there's the new something in wrestling, the only time it's really worked was at wrestling's hottest period of the New Age Outlaws, or like the New World Order. But yeah, same also period. True. Yeah, yeah. Same same but time the, period. The new hasn't really gotten over besides those exceptions to the rule. Yeah, even when they introduce a new title bout, the new WWE Universal Championship. Mm. Lifts off curtain. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not something yep. that uh, goes well. Uh, this match is pretty uh, stock standard, I'd say, for these sort of teams. It does lean a bit more into your, your British-style uh, grappling with uh, Bate Dunn and Bella. But yeah. overall, a really good matchup here, and uh, Judgment Day here getting the win, standing tall. Um, yeah, for sure. Following that was the Grayson Waller effect. Out comes Austin Fury. He insults Vegemite. He says he's going to <laughs> Outback Steakhouse to have a bloomin' onion. You idiot. Yep. No Aussies eat that. Well, that's the point. <laughs> and then out comes yep. Grayson. Gets a huge ovation. Does a shoey with uh, UFC's, uh, I can't remember. 
Todd Tuivasa. Yes. Yep. Uh, gets in the <laughs> ring. Introduce Seth. Seth takes five minutes to get to the ring. Introduces Cody. Cody takes five minutes to get to the ring. And watching this live, this is the point where I felt the show begin to drag. Yeah. Uh, this is why I like watching the WWE shows on delay because I can fast forward through a lot of the entrances when it's just the, the talk shows or interviews. Uh, basically, Seth says that he's cleared and he'll be at WrestleMania. And Cody says, yeah. oh, I want to fight The Rock. And the reason I took The Rock out of the main event, and then Grayson says, oh, no, what's Austin Ferry says, oh, it doesn't matter what you think. There's a bunch of The Rock's mm. lines. Seth and Cody lay out Austin Ferry. Grayson sort of just backs off and lets it happen. Yeah. I felt Grayson could have been used. They, they did. I think, like, his best skill is his talking, right? As much as he... As much as he is an incredible wrestler and hasn't really been given the chance to show it besides one random match with Edge, where he really got to show it, but um, I think this is the best use of him, but perhaps... Perhaps, like, the main reason they didn't want him to wrestle is because, well, he's still going to be a heel after this. So having him get cheered for an entire match could actually be detrimental. Like, even with the whole him backing away from helping um, Austin Theory thing, like, they never even followed up on that on Raw. Like, it's just a thing that sort of just happened out of canon, I guess just because he was in Australia. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Following that, men's chamber to face Seth at uh, WrestleMania sees... Where are we? Sees uh, Logan Paul, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and Kevin Owens in the pods, and starting off is LA Knight and Drew McIntyre. Uh, yeah. We don't see this until late in the match, but I saw a fan cam of Logan Paul in his pod and he's drawing on his pod with a sharpie, draws devil's horns on himself, draws Kevin Owens as a stick figure and goes, Kevin sucks with a big arrow pointing to it. (laughs) Yeah. So good. So good. This dude is just built for this. What about Kevin Owens entering with his uh, unofficial live action mascot of Lumpy the Koala? Outrageous. Yes, uh, yeah, if anyone unreal. misses that reference, it's from uh, the merch they were selling at Super Showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, match gets underway. LA Knight, Drew McIntyre. In next is Kevin Owens. So, the match is still going. In, uh, in fourth is Bobby Lashley. And it feels like Bobby's not in there for that long or doesn't really do anything. Play mm-hmm. more by Drew. One, two, three. Bobby is out. Yeah. And then shortly afterwards, one, two, three. LA Knight is out. Outrageous. Oh, actually, I forgot to mention. So the door opens. Bobby goes out. And who made the long-ass flight to Australia? Oh, AJ. Yes, AJ Styles runs into the chamber when the doors open for Bobby to exit, attacks LA Knight. 
Drew sort of just picks up the bones here, eliminates LA Knight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Unreal that. I, yeah, they did a good job of keeping him under wraps for the whole thing. Yeah, I hadn't seen or heard of him anywhere. And uh, another thing, yeah. wrestling fans, stop going to the fucking airport. Yeah. Weird. Very, very weird. Uh, so in fifth is Randy Orton, and then shortly afterwards is Logan Paul coming in last. He goes to come in, he's sort of glowing to the crowd, and then he turns around, and Kevin Owens is there, and he's sort of trying to hold the door shut while Kevin Owens is forcing it open, gets in the pod, mm. beats up Logan for a bit, throws him out of the pod. Then we get to the sort of closing stages of the match. Uh, eliminated mm. third is Kevin Owens. Then Logan Paul is eliminated by Randy Orton. Comes down to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. And Drew here uh, eliminates Randy Orton for the win. Randy, yeah. though, doing a hell of a job selling his back. Yeah, bloody oath. Yeah, he had me genuinely concerned that he was actually hurt. <laughs> yeah, just just needs to put some more tape on it. Just go around like that yep. for the next five years like his dad did with that arm cast. <laughs> um, I did say... Eye. At the time, I felt Bobby's entry was a waste. I felt this would have been better off going to Bronson. Me not knowing the circumstances of why Bronson was away. Uh, turns mm. out him and his partner were having a kid, and that's why he didn't want to fly all the way out to Australia. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so that's... congratulations to uh, Big Bronson. Yep, for sure. Congrats, Bronson. But uh, main event time in this uh, very long, very few match show that sees Nijax come out, gets booed, then out comes Rhea Ripley. The crowd was here to see one person, and it was Rhea. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Rhea makes her entrance, crowd sort of cheering, and then throughout the night we'd hear various chants like, Nia sucks, and at one point Nia goes to do like her big uh, sit-out splash and she just lands on mm. her ass and you can hear a section of the crowd start to chant, my hole! My hole! My hole! Yeah, I'm real. Oh, so proud of you, Perth. <laughs> um, they go to put Rhea through the table, but doesn't break, and Nia yeah. stands on the office chair to jump through it. Yep. Um, but yeah, Rhea here, big Brett's rope, riptide, one, two, three, Rhea retains in front of her family, and we go off the air. Yeah. Any closing thoughts about Elimination Chamber, sir? Uh, uh, first of all, the main event was so much better than it had any right to be. Nia's best match? Oh, without a doubt, that was her best match of her entire career. Yeah, that, that was unreal. Um, I enjoyed both chamber matches. The tag title match was decent. Um, just uh, just ready for the Judgment Day to lose them belts. Yeah, awesome um, truth. Yeah, well, I mean, who else have they got to do oh, it right now? Speaking of which, R-Truth tweeting out that he went to Austria. 
Yeah, unreal. <laughs> Fucking amazing. So good. But um, yeah, oh, like you so mentioned, good. uh, yeah, probably be awesome troops mania. Probably even got mm. confirmed. I oh, just the, the four main matches: Roman and Cody, Eo and Bailey, Rhea and Becky, Seth and Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna say five beers. Yeah, uh, I'll give it five as well. Yeah, it was a very, very good show. Uh, did drag at times, like a little long for four, like a four and a half hour pay per view for four matches. Yes, but. But still, I, I still thought it was a really good show and the crowd fucking carried it. We all know that. It did fill up points like that first um, Saudi Arabia show where they just jammed mm. in way too much marketing. And yeah. Like it'd be like, match, five minute Western Australia tourism ad. Here's an ad with Jimmy Uso on a beach with Liv Morgan for some reason. And back to the mm. pay per view. Yep. Uh, yeah, overall, really good. What about Dynamite this past week, Alex? I mean, the most notable thing from it was what happened in the main event segment. Yeah. Bucks come out. They've been looking for Sting all show, and they're seeing a bunch of people in Sting masks front row, and somebody yep. jumps the Bucks and takes off the Sting mask, and it's Darby Allen. Oh, okay. There's something we yep. haven't seen before. And, uh, <laughs> he tries to beat up the Bucks, and the Bucks get the better of him. And then Sting's music play, and the Bucks go up the ramp to meet Sting as he's coming out of the entranceway. And who's that in the rafters? It's Sting! My dogs are looking at me funny right now. <laughs> Sting repelling from the rafters one final time. When would have been the last time he did this? Oh, gosh, we're talking WCW. I don't think he did it in TNA. That's why I was just trying to remember. I'm like, I'm fairly certain he never did that in TNA. And I'm pretty certain he didn't do it in WCW after the Owen Hart thing. So we're talking 99? 99. Yeah. Yeah, we're, talk, we're talking 99. So and we're talking like May, June 99. So May 99. So we're talking, yeah, a long last time since we've seen him do it. I love that he came down with the actual Sting trench, trench coat and not just the jacket this time. Yeah. Yeah, it was full-on crow sting trench coat, the duster. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, down, baseball bat to Matthew, baseball bat to Nicholas. Yep. Give him uh, Metallica on Sunday, please. On Saturday, well, Sunday for us. Yeah, give him Metallica at the pay-per-view if you so, can't find if you can't find someone to do a cover version of a man called Sting for us. So uh, you've already heard it, and the humans would have heard it off the top, the um, the little compilation of Sting's themes. So yeah. what would be your favourite Sting theme? Um, 
because we've got. Well, I mean, the 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 very first one hits me in the feels. The now, 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 now. The Blade Runner era sting. Yeah, that one. I love that one. Um, because it's kind of like a Bizarro World Ultimate Warrior theme too. (laughs) And um, then we went to um. Man called Sting. Yeah, we. I, I do have a soft spot for that. He does this. He does that. He's as strong as a bull and as quick as a cat. He looks fine. He's so cool. Um, <laughs> and all the old people get around and move. <laughs> yeah, some of the oh, lyrics man. on that don't hold up, but it is great. <laughs> Uh, it's so good. Um, but the first crow theme, oh, we love the first crow theme. It's just, that is my childhood. Holy shit, it's so good. Um, but all-time favourite from a shitty era of Sting is the Metallica Seek and Destroy songs. Uh, it wasn't his best era, that's for sure. He was on the down trend at that point in 99 2000 but fuck me it's such a cool song and that was my introduction to metallica believe it or not so i love how going back and like listening at these like the the seek and destroy you can see like his tna theme if you've never heard sting come out to that it's very jarring compared to his Mm. wcw sting theme but it's like one of those off-key ones that WCW would do of a notable copyrighted song. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Just... So like, it, it is. It's kind of like the TNA theme is heavily inspired by Seek and Destroy for sure. Yeah. It's uh, got the hi hat thing at the start. Yeah, the feedback and all that. Yeah, it's very much so inspired by that. And the TNA theme is great, actually. What about his WWE theme? Oh, I was so disappointed that they changed his theme for that. Because it was like... Because if you recall, before his debut where he came out to that theme at Survivor Series, they had the whole 2K thing, and the 2K ad was the WCW Crow theme all through that ad. Yep. But it was sort of like it was like an orchestral sort of uh, almost remastered version of it. I was like, "What? Why are they doing that? <laughs> it should come out to that. That's sick." But but yeah, I wasn't a fan of the WWE theme. It was very like fucking um, like campy horror movie sort of spooky thing. Oh, it had the the white family entrance at the start with the crow noise and then all this random horror imagery. Yeah. Tron. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. And then yeah, I guess yeah. his uh, current theme, his AEW theme. I, I think it's a really good theme. I think it's better than... It's definitely better than his WWE theme. It's yep. better than his TNA theme. I think um, it 
it sort of captures the essence of the Crow sort of character. It has that sort of brooding vibe to it, but also they've thrown in some electric guitar in there. So I I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's but, the best of um, both themes. Is Crow uh, WCW and his TNA theme is the sort of mashup of this AEW theme. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like one of my f- most favorite fucking memories of Sting of recent times is him coming out of Wembley Stadium last year to Metallica. I cannot explain how big the goosebumps were on my body when that happened. It was just unreal. And they got it for that show. Still it for Revolution. So will Greensboro Coliseum be AEW's biggest show domestically, 35,000-ish? Oh, fuck. Have they sold it out? Um... I think, hang on, I can have a quick look on here. So I have WrestleTix followed. What, what's Arthur Ashe? 20,000? I yeah, think Arthur so. Ashe, yeah, Arthur Ashe is around the 20s. Um, so, yeah, no, this, well, if they fill it out, yeah, this is definitely their biggest show. Uh, current uh, setup is 16,000. Ah, okay. Yeah, I I did not see them putting 30,000 butts in seats at the moment, the way things are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Greensboro Coliseum, North Carolina. Sting's last match for Revolution. Announced for the card, we see Orange Cassidy will defend his International Championship against Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Kingdom. Put the belt on Strong. Okay. I mean, that's that's a decision, but sure. I, I think of everyone in the Undisputed Kingdom, Roderick Strong has been the better presented character. Yeah, the Adam thing sort of did grind on our gears after a little while, but it was funny for a minute. Is that also because Adam Cole's been injured for so long? Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think, God, how long's OC had this fucking belt for? Uh, Other than that brief month where he didn't have it since Huck lost it in like 2022. Hang on, when didn't he have it? Uh, September 3rd to October 10th. So just over a month of 2023. Combined, he's held it for 469 days. I forgot about Moxley and Phoenix having that belt. Yeah, I'm sure Moxley forgets about Phoenix winning it too after he was dropped on his head twice. Yeah, that's right. Fuck. Uh, Um, okay. Fuck me. They made OC drop the belt just before just before the one year anniversary of him winning it. Yeah. Dumb. 
Just let him hit a year for fuck's sake. Um. Anyway, um. I I feel like it's OC gets away from this title. We do something else with him. We do something else with this belt. And whilst I'm not the biggest fan of Roderick Strong, uh, this would at least be something different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This belt, this whole division feels very stagnant. But then again, I ask you, what's the difference between their three non-world singles men's championships? Well, one of them's actually over because of who's holding it, and then the other two are held by Orange Cassidy and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Orange is hot and cold. He's held he's held it for too long. That's the problem. Yeah. Even though he lost it for a month there, he's held it for too long again. The fans want to see something different yep. in that division. Yep. Um. There'll be the uh, three-way match for the AEW World Championship with defending champion Samoa Joe taking on Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. Is Hangman just in this match to take the pinfall? I don't know. Because it feels like we're going a direction with Hangman at the moment where he's slowly in the process, and you would almost say he is a heel now, especially after what he did on Dynamite, pretending, yeah. to, be, pretending to be injured to attack Swerve. And yeah, all of the elite so, are the heels. They've sort of... They've sort of accidentally, like... I don't think they accidentally did it. They, they have done a double turn with Swerve and Hangman, but it's a bit subtle. Yeah. Swerves are almost ready to be a babyface, if not the babyface of the company. I'm almost wondering, do you pull the trigger on, on Swerve in this match? They do need something fresh and they do need to strike while the iron's hot. But Tony Khan hasn't really been the best at pivoting when he needs to. No or changing away from the story when he needs to. Because I still feel like Joe is holding that title until Wembley. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Uh, but but the right thing to do is put the belt on Swerve right now. Yeah. Actually, the right thing to do is to for Joe to drop the belt to either one of them. And possibly Hangman wins this, and then for the next pay-per-view, double or nothing, Swerve beats Hangman for the title and completes their whole story. Yeah. I wasn't pinned. I want to match mm. one-on-one with you. Right. Swerve oh. takes out Joe. Swerve takes out Joe. Hangman throws Swerve out of the ring. Hangman pins Joe off Swerve's move. Also true. That's a good way of getting there, yeah. Uh, match number four yeah. for the AEW Women's World Championship will see defending champ, timeless Tony Storm, taking on Diana Perrazzo. Do you expect a title change here? 
Oh man, I I would I would do it if I was Tony Khan. I would do it. This is Diana's first pay per view for the company. Um, you do need to do something big here with her, and you might as well just fucking strap her to the rocket and send her to the moon right here. Like, yeah, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, I would too, as much as we do love Timeless Tony Storm here. Uh, match number five for the AEW uh, Constellation Prize. Oh, I'm sorry, the Triple Crown Championship. <laughs> Fuck this fucking messy title situation. Eddie Kingston, defending champ against Brian Danielson. But if Danielson loses, he's got to give Eddie Kingston a handshake. <laughs> do, do you care about this match? I think it'll be a really good match. Don't okay, get me wrong. I should word it better. Do you care about these championships? Fuck no. Why would I? Remember when the Ring of Honor World Championship meant something? Yeah, now it's just one of the Infinity Stones. For Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah, it's not even like an important Infinity Stone. It's like the fucking Space Infinity Stone. <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> It's not even, like, one of the fucking key ones. It's not power or fucking time or whatever. It's just space. Okay, cool. It'll get me from places to places. Nothing a car can't do. Um, (laughs) I still put the belt on Danielson. My issue is this whole... Step to this sort of gives away the ending that Eddie Kingston's winning, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing to put the belt on Danielson, but I don't see Danielson wanting any belts at this point in his career. And he's even said that on podcasts. Didn't he say this is his last year as a full-time wrestler? Exactly. Yeah. Because he promised Birdie he'd retire by her seventh birthday. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so that means Eddie's probably retaining. I like how yeah. everyone online, like, not everyone, but a large portion of the online fan base makes fun of Eddie Kingston's appearance. And yet Chris Jericho goes out there and wrestles without a shirt and also <clears throat> appears the same. Yep. And I also look the same. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, fucking put me up, put me in Eddie Kingston's fucking costume. You'll barely tell the difference besides the hair. <laughs> nah, nah, we love the wrestlers. We love them. We're just saying the internet idiots yep. should shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> yep. Uh, six match here. Don Callis family implodes as Will Ospreay takes on Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, uh, Takeshita wins. Oh, that would be a really bad move. <laughs> but Will's already been here before. He's an established. 
oh, I guess he's not established on North American TV, is he? No, this is his first match as an AEW signed talent. Yeah. They're going to have him win. So does that mean he leaves Don Callis' family? Yeah, I think that'll be the whole thing. This is building up for a babyface Will Ospreay run, which eventually gets him down the road to Wembley to win the title as a babyface. Then what do we do with his, uh, I guess, teammate in United Empire as Carl Fletcher's also in the family? Do a match. Do a little thing. I don't hate that now that you actually bring that to my attention. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Will Ospreay and Kyle Fletcher for the Ring of Honor TV title? That'd be something good. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Have someone from the Don Carlos family rip Will Ospreay out of the TV title. Yeah, there you go, Tony Khan. We've just given you the, the next period of booking until your next pay-per-view. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. Uh, a match that actually has an over-champion, Christian Cage defending TNT champion against Daniel Garcia. Oh, man. Um, Christian has to win this. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, but then who's going to dethrone Christian? It has to be Adam Copeland. As much as that makes sense, and I agree with you, I'd rather it be somebody up and coming as a future prospect. Yeah, I I get that too. But I see this. Yeah. I see this as being... Christian loses it to Adam Copeland and eventually Adam Copeland loses it to Nick Wayne. I don't hate that. Yeah, that's, that's I suppose, the other thing you could do too is um, instead of mm. next generation babyface wins this, next generation heel wins this. Also... Because I feel like... Yeah. I feel like... There's more depth on the babyface side if you really look at it. Now that Swerve's kind of a pseudo babyface, there's more potential long-term with the babyfaces, but I feel like the heels aren't really being groomed for the next level yet. So that's why strapping the rocket to someone like a Nick Wayne would be good. Um... We've been there, done that with Luchasaurus slash Kill Switch, so we don't need that. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, a match, a tag team match by us at a FTR, Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler versus Blackpool Combat Club members, John Moxley and Claudio Castanoli. Hmm. I mean, does this sort of set up your your pseudo number one contenders coming out of this this uh, pay-per-view? Because uh, we're not really sure. We'll get to the uh, tag team championship match in a moment. Yeah. And 
I, I'm not even sure we're going to have tag team champions coming out of this. Ooh. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like, FTR have sort of done everything they can in the tag division. I thought they were going to spend this year sort of trioing with Mark Briscoe. But uh doesn't appear so so far anyway. Um I say give it to Blackpool Combat Club, at least that sets up some fresh matches if this is going to be a sort of pseudo number one contenders match. I just want to see ha- if they've done the um the rankings again for this week. Oh, I forgot that's back. <laughs> Where do they keep that on their website? Or don't they? Uh, good job, AEW. Why is this website like... I don't know. I can't find it. Guess it's gone again. Um, But... Yeah, um... Do you think FTR should sort of move to the trios division is what I'm getting at? I mean, FTR's done everything they've needed to do in the tag division. And, yeah, but we, we do need them to sort of move on. And I, I, I don't even know if they need to be in AEW anymore. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, if this was the territory days, they've already moved to a different territory. Uh, Last rankings I can find are 10th of February, so it looks like they gave up again. Oh, great. Uh, So, number one contenders just after Sting and Darby had won were Ricky Starks and Big Bill. In second was... Uh, John Moxley and Claudio Castanoli in third was Top Flight. Um, wasn't there a health scare with one of the members of Top Flight? I'm I'm not too sure. I'm sort of been a little out of the loop with some of that stuff, but yeah, that that kind of rings a bell. Uh, in fourth was Private Party. I honestly forgot they were a thing, and in fifth mm. was FTR. Oh man. Okay. Um, uh, state of that division, by the way. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, FTR and Daniel Garcia <laughs> were at one point the number one contenders for the trios titles. Oh, I suppose there's something else we haven't talked about. The Bang Bang Scissor Gang. What the fuck is that? I hate it. Why is Bullet Club hanging out with the acclaimed and daddy ass? Why are the guns hanging out with their dad after all that shit? <laughs> Why are they not having a match to prove who's the best trios team? I think we'll get there. But yeah, it, at the moment it makes no sense. And where the fuck's Juice? Where's Juice gone? Um. Good question. Give me a second. 
far as I know, he's not injured. Right? So what's going on there? Uh, Bruce Robertson. Oh, he's actually injured. Oh, okay. He's gone for back surgery. Oh. Fair Sam enough, Hunt, then. Out for nine months. Jack Perry. Hey, New Japan. I'll head on this show in Chicago for you. Nuclear heat that night, I assume, for New Japan. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, to, oh, well, second last match here to touch on. The Meat Mania match got scrapped. Uh, meat yeah, Madness, what the sorry. fuck? I hated that idea anyway. <laughs> Don't you don't... What? You don't need to call a Hoss match a Hoss match. You just let it be a Hoss match. Uh, instead, we are getting a all-star scramble match of Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus from CMLL, not Brutus Magnus from TNA, oh, Dante but... Martin, oh. and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho facing Atlantis Jr. on this past week's Dynamite. I mm. love how Taz was on commentary and said, I don't like second-generation wrestlers, and Excalibur chimes in. Too much nepotism in this business. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, what has Taz done while Hook's on commentary? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, very funny. Oh, that's why we love Taz, though. Yeah. Okay, um... I mean, the winner, wait, the winner will receive a future AEW World Championship match. Mm. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> Did, okay, either I missed that stipulation last night on, um, on Dynamite or, uh, I just wasn't paying attention enough. Uh, yeah, okay. Number one contenders match. Yep. Um, yeah, so, it has to be Wardlow, right? To fit in with the story of the United... No, not United Kingdom. Undisputed Kingdom. <laughs> That's yeah. Will Ospreay's uh, uh, development name for his faction. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, to fit in with uh, Adam Cole's story, it's got to be Wardlow here because he's already set up that Wardlow's a high muscle to take off... Uh, to take the... Uh, world Championship from Joe. And so I, I guess think that... I think you do like Joe versus Wardlow at a pay-per-view and that's how Max comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the match everyone will be excited about and 9 out of 10 pundits agree should be the main event. Sting and Darby Allen, the defending AW Tag Team Champs, Taking on the AEW EVPs, Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson, formerly the Young Bucks. What do you think of this new version of them? I'm glad they changed their mustaches into goatee beards. Yeah. After we had that discussion a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, uh, I don't hate it. It is something fresh the Young mm. Bucks. We've only really seen them be a heel in Fort Club. Being oh, come, come, come on now. Um, the, when they were tag champs, when Kenny was heel world champ? Yeah, but that's still sort of playing off their Fort Club elite 
yeah. uh, characters. This is a whole new character for him, and it is good character development. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it leaning a little bit too much into real life, going, uh, hey, Eddie Kingston, we see you doing a backstage promo with Renee Young, uh, Renee Paquette, sorry. Uh, dress better or we'll have to enforce a dress code. Yeah. Was that needed last night? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, but it was it was still good. I, I didn't hate it. Um, yeah, there's I, little tidbits they do which I genuinely pop for. So I, I don't I don't hate this gimmick at all. Um, it's yeah, it's a good refresher. I don't mind their new theme song. It's all it's all good. I think. I just don't know if I want to see them as tag champs. The all white aesthetic as they beat down Sting. And Darby and his son. Fucking get Sting's sons in into the business already. Fucking see the size of those fuckers. Aren't they like former college um, NFL players? Yeah, they're former college footballers. Yeah. Um, fucking train them up. Fucking hell, they're huge. One of them just looks exactly like a young Sting, too. The oldest son, Garrett, attended a university where he played college football as a running back. Stephen Jr. attended college where he played tight end. Oh, wow, that's like over 10 years ago. Uh, after the 2015 NFL draft, Steve Jr. was invited by the Kansas City Chiefs for a tryout for their rookie team but didn't receive a contract offer. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to them trying out in the business. Wasn't Diamond Dallas Page for like 35 when he debuted? Yeah, so Danny P was in his mid to late 30s when he started his entering career, so it's it's possible for the, for the little stingers. <laughs> not the not-so-little stingers. They're just a huge. Team name for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but I mean, if that if they were going to have any involvement in the business, and if they were going to train, you would have assumed that they probably would have had Sting's last match. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I am very excited about this match. Considering where they where this is happening, Greensboro, it's perfect. Um, I expect a lot of people from Sting's past in the crowd. Yeah. So did you see what Kevin Nash had to say? Yeah, and I don't think he realizes it, but he unintentionally spoiled that there's probably going to be legends in the crowd at front row. Right? So, well, um, like, that that's what he's unintentionally done, right? And somebody asked Luger, and he just said, basically, I have a good relationship with Sting. We go back a number of years, but if I'm going to be there, I guess you'll just have to watch and find out. Yeah, and there's rumours that Luger's going into the WWE Hall of Fame soon, so it could be a case of the exact same reason why Kevin Nash isn't going to be there. But it kind of sounds like Luke is going to be there. You can't do a fucking Sting retirement without any Lex Luger reference. Like, yeah. Luger and Sting, 
were WCW's Hogan and Macho, right? They were the mega powers for WCW. They were. I suppose who's really left of Sting's big opponents or tag team partners that's still alive and with us today? Like Muda. Oh, he's with... I guess he's got a Hall of Fame thing with WWE, but he could appear. He was at Noah recently. Yeah, I, I expect to see, like... Who from TNA could they... Could we see Kurt Angle there? I guess so. We're definitely going to see Jeff Jarrett. We're definitely going to see Jeff Jarrett there. Uh, as weird as it sounds, I almost expect to see Buff Bagwell there. Because he's always, like, had a good relationship with Sting. Doesn't Buff have his own... Uh, I guess, like a better word, uh, problems, demons. Well, the last I heard, he was on the mend from all that, and he was a fair bit sober, like a, a fair few months sober, and DDP had been helping him out with that. Oh, good. Yeah. So this could be a good coming out party for him. Um, by the way, I saw on the weekend, or a couple of weekends ago, Scotty Riggs of the American Males had his first, like, independent match in, like, 20 years. How'd he go? He looks jacked. Looks insane. I'm not sure how the match went. I didn't see footage from it. But, yeah, he looks good. He just kind of looks like a jacked old man. Speaking of someone who's jacked, do you expect we'll see his former main event mafia Teammate front and center. Oh, um, that's Scott that, Steiner. Oh, man. See, a lot of this is sort of cloudy because of the Hall of Fame stuff. I, I guess, like, Book is a definite no. Uh, Steiner, I guess, is more so maybe not wanting to get his, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, nephew in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hear me out on this, but their careers actually did intertwine quite a lot. Bring in Sid. You know I'd pop for that. <laughs> you think you'd pop for that? Holy fuck, would I lose my shit. Um, like Tully, Arn, I know they're not with AEW anymore, but bring them in. Um... If Wyndham Barry Wyndham's in okay health, like I heard that he's had some issues, so yeah. But if Barry Wyndham can make it, he'd be great. Um, or just trying to think of like, yeah, sort of late nineties WCW era. Like, yeah, you're gonna have like Paul White in the crowd already. You're gonna have Paul White there. Um. Oh, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of... Steamboat? Yeah, I mean, they never really wrestled each other. Because they were both, like, pretty much career baby faces. Yeah, Sting had a couple of short heel runs, but that was never when Steamboat was in the same company as him. You know who Sting should really invite one of his good teammates to be just a make good for his entire career 
Hey. The shock master. <laughs> oh man, I, I would love that. Um, Kevin Sullivan. What taskmaster? Bring in the taskmaster. He would have. He would have. Yeah, he was like the booker for most of the early Crow stuff, like outside of Bischoff, and Bischoff possibly there. Who knows? We'll see. Um, oh, I doubt we'll get Hogan there. I doubt it. Has Has Hogan done any non WWE appearances since TNA? No. Yeah. No, but it would be nice. I I know he'll probably get booed out of the building if he does show up there, but it would be nice. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, TNA was like, what's his iconic feuds? Like, him and AJ are good stuff. AJ's not going to be there. Um, Abyss would be great, but he's not going to be there. He's an agent yeah. for WWE. Um, look at the main event, Mafia. Yeah, the only ones you could possibly get is Kurt and Scott Steiner, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, there's limited options, really, isn't there? Unfortunately, with the uh, the politics in place, yes. Yeah, it it kind of makes it messy, but but also Kevin Nash said that WWE didn't tell him not to go. He just prefers not to out of loyalty. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe I mean, maybe he's just saying that to mess with all of us. I mean, that'd be sick. Do we um, get Goldberg? Uh, Goldberg would be yeah. interesting. Do we um, get? Do we get he... Gol- Goldberg and Bret Hart next to each other in the front row? I, I I'm still shocked considering Bret's health that he's willing to come all the way out to Australia. Yeah, outrageous. Um, um, do we get Dixie Carter or Mike Tanay? Yes. At least one of them. I think we'll get Dixie. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. I would actually pop huge for that. Um, oh, Nikita Koloff. That's another big one for him from his late 80s, early 90s. We'll definitely get him, I bet. Nikita Koloff. Um, trying to think late 80s as well. Like... Is Stan Hansen alive still? He's not, is he? Um, um, that's a good question. Give me a second. Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, that's a possibility. 74. That's a possibility. Um, Try to think of like Sting's Japan runs that he had, like Chono. Where's, where's Borash? Uh, he's in WWE. Um, bring up Andrew McManus, former <laughs> <laughs> owner of World Wrestling All Stars. 
I would like to see, like, this is fucking outrageous, right? But I'm trying to think of, like, some iconic Sting moments, and he pretty much elevated the guy I'm about to suggest should be in the front row. Um, And I know it's kind of weird because the guy is still an active wrestler, but he isn't linked to WWE or AEW. EC3? Because... EC3 got made by Sting in TNA. Yep. Sting put over EC3 clean, and that sent EC3 to the fucking moon. I I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate it if Dixie's in the front row sitting next to EC3. Sitting next to her nephew. Yeah, that'd be sick. So Um, you you just brought that up. I was going to touch on this in a moment. Like, uh, Sting's final matches in WCW, of course, it's the last Nitro against Ric Flair. Yep. TNA is against EC3. WWE right. was against Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, EC3 is a good chat. He can chart with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. I mean, technically, Sting was an NWA World Champion. It just. It just wasn't that particular belt. It was big gold at that point, but it was still called NWA for a moment. No, he still held the uh, the Globe NWA title. Oh, in, in TNA he did. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, fuck. Of course he did. Um, yeah. Oh, and I call myself a sting mark. How dare I discredit TNA? Um yeah, man, it'd be interesting. I I would like to see, like, just certain throwbacks to thir- certain parts of his career. Like, I would like to see some surfacing references, or I would like to see, like, like, yeah, a reference to the fucking Joker sting. Fuck it. Like, I want to see, like, the greatest hits. I want to see everything. So, TNA's put up a three-hour compilation of Sting in TNA for free. Uh, oh, this, fuck yeah. This Friday after Rampage, I think it is, the, uh, AEW's Countdown, they're going to air exclusive New Japan matches of Sting. Oh, fuck yeah. So I've recently found this out. There was like, so when Sting was surface Sting, but then went to disappear from WCW for a bit, to, uh, you know, to sell the whole becoming a crow sting story. Yeah. That entire time he was wrestling in Japan. So there's like this weird period where he's got the long black hair, but he's still got the colorful face paint. (laughs) And yeah, he's sort of like, he looks like crow sting, but he's got surface sting colors and shit. And he's got, like, a goatee in Japan. I saw a photo of it the other day. I'm going to have to find it. But, yeah. In which yes. in New Japan? Yeah. Because WCW had that relationship with New Japan. That must be him in old Japan. Might be hard to find. I'm 
just having a quick look here now, humans on computer. Yeah, it's mostly just tying up with his time in AEW, uh, in uh, WCW as the NWO sting. In oh, I popped it randomly popped up on my Facebook the other day, and I was fucking blown away by it because I never saw that photo before. Ninety-seven. Yeah, it might be ninety-seven actually. Let me try to find that. Uh well, that is WCW. But it was kind of like that, except he had, like, a stubble goatee and his hair was longer. Yeah, I'm trying to find it because I saw it on Facebook the other day. Anyway, shit happens. You you see something on Facebook and you never fucking see it again. It's annoying. (laughs) Just goes into the void. Yeah, it just disappears. Um, Let me try to find this fucking thing. Um, I'm not used to navigating Facebook, um, on a laptop. (laughs) Yeah, I can't find it. It's still in my head in though. (laughs) But yeah, it just popped up on my Facebook the other day. I was like, what the fuck? Um, maybe it was in this group. Revolution Humans. I mean, uh, wait, is it Saturday or Sunday our time? Monday, isn't it? Because it's on Sunday in America, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a it's a Monday paper. Yep, it's annoying. At least I get home early most Mondays now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> home by five o'clock to cook dinner and then watch the pay per view after. So no, no earlier than normal, really. Um. Yeah. Uh. That sort of about does it for this week. Briefly, um, have you seen what the hell's going on at TNA? Any thoughts there? Oh, dude. Um, man, what the fuck is going on there? As soon as they start winning some uh, love from the fans, this shit happens, eh? Fucking idiots. And, uh, also, what's going on at uh, Stardom with Rosie Ogawa being outed? Yeah, and rumor is that he's going to um, that he's going to WWE. And other rumors he's going to start his own promotion, or yeah, he's working with WWE to start NXT Japan. Yeah, weird. Rumors that Julia wants out of her contract. Oh yeah, man. Stardom oh, what is she? Not Stardom. New Japan strong women's champ. But I suppose uh, the last little thing is uh Alex, we had talked about this before, but there is an open invite for you to join me on stream. 
sometime in the near future as we go through Sting's career, doing a tier list, ranking his different incarnations. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. give me a give me a week's notice and I'll make it happen. <laughs> Very good. But uh before that being said, go check out the merch. Shop was links in the description. Alex, where can the Gushians find you? You can find me on social media at Freeze Alex. You can find us at Wrestle Oz Style. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Oz Style. You can find Chris at I'm Chris Funder, or you can come watch me game on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Chris Funder. You can go back listen listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. again with the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Ole and Arn Anderson, and a prediction you talked about. Well, you know, they call me a Rhodes Scholar now because I know more about Dusty Rhodes than any man on earth. That's prediction right. I'm going to make is this. Right. Rhodes can't stay very long. His body is getting punished too much, and with me coming back like that, I'm sure he sees a light, and I predict 
this year, sometime in 1986, that Dusty Rhodes is going to announce his retirement. And when he does, it's going to be a great day for the four horsemen. When he does, I'm going to buy a beer for everybody all around. Wherever you see me, you and you just tell me, Dusty Rhodes retired, and I'm going to buy you a beer, I'm going to buy you a meal. And you be looking, because it's going to happen. You see some of these other people, looking at Magnum T.A., one of the boys that follows around like a little puppy dog behind Dusty Rhodes. How about the Rock and Roll Express? I'll tell you something about the Rock and Roll Express. They're good, they're young, they're strong, they come back from injuries. That's important to be young. But I'll tell you this, they're scared. You look at them. They're scared. They're scared now that the four horsemen are back. They're scared that the Andersons are together. You don't have to believe me. Go ask them. Go ask the Rock and Roll Express. We're too big. We're too strong. We're just too good. Anybody that gets in our way, they're going to find out just how good we are. The four horsemen back. We're going to take everything. We're going after the world tag. We're going after the single, which we've now got. We're going to keep. We're going to take that U.S. We're going to have the TV. We're going to have them all. Anybody gets in our way, they're going to find out. Rhodes, you're a marked man. Jimmy Valiant, no problem. Magnum TA, no problem. Rock and Roll Express, no problem. We're going through y'all. I told you before, I'm dead serious. We don't do a lot of cute stuff. I don't want to yell and don't want to holler. Just want to tell you like it is. We're straight from the shoulder when we say we're better than anybody else. If you don't believe it, you try us. And I don't mean just in the ring. I mean anywhere. I mean we're that good. And I guarantee you, you get a little taste of the Andersons, you get a little taste of the Four Horsemen, you're not going to like it. We're here to stay. We're going to beat everybody that we meet. We're going to take all the belts that we can take. The Four Horsemen are back. The Andersons are back. What can I say to top that, Tony? Go get him, Tony! The Andersons. what we just started.
And as we celebrate Sting's career this weekend, just a friendly public service announcement that, yes, we do call it Surface Sting, but in no way, shape or form has he ever actually been a surfer gimmick. Never. I don't know why we decided he was called Surfer Sting. As a wrestling community, we decided that. But he's never actually had Surfer as a gimmick. It was never like canon. It was just, oh, he's got bleach blonde hair. He must be a Surfer. (laughs) Some men have greatness thrust upon them. And they have (laughs) shadows that cast mere men into darkness. describes this eternal legend. He is a 15-time world heavyweight champion, a winner of 21 total world championships, and the only man ever to hold the NWA, WCW, and TNA world titles in a career. There are just so few individuals that come along in the wrestling business that are able to maintain the greatness that Sting has had for so long at at such a high level of performance. An electric finish to an electric night in Atlanta, Georgia, where Sting has become the new TNA World Heavyweight Champion. A living legend, a wrestling icon, a man who casts a giant shadow amongst men. He is the one the one that is most deserving of being the first ever inductee into TNA Wrestling's Hall of Fame. He is the forever hero, simply known as the man called Sting. The only thing that is for sure about Sting is nothing is for sure. I am officially, officially going to retire tonight. 
I just want you to know this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later. Both of them are bleeding and he hits the Scorpion Death Drop! Rudy touch And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, he retired once already. Yeah, I said the word retire. But I gotta tell you, that retirement in 2015 just didn't sit right with me. And besides that, there was one very key moment in my retirement speech that I made. The only thing for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. Which brings me now to the word retirement again. No, I, I want to address it right here, live and in color, on Dynamite in the great state of Texas. I started my very first match with AEW was Revolution 2021. And my very last match will be Revolution 2021. Four. One more key, one more key thing that you guys all need to know. The only thing for sure about Sting is my retirement, Revolution 2024, is for sure. Disappointed at what happened there. 
I mean, it happens. That's the, the great timing of a great legendary veteran like Sting. And his sons are highly impressed. Yeah, what well, they should be. Taz, Excalibur, what a moment this is. Uh, amazing. There you go. He's got gold again. What a career. What a run in AW. Between singles and tag team championship, Sting has been a champion two dozen times. And now, adding a 25th title, a 25th championship to his already legendary career.